Bowman, welcome back to another episode of Seminole Sideline 365. With all the action going on in the transfer portal, we thought it would be relevant. And I haven't seen anyone really discuss it so far, but it's been almost four or five, five years, I think, since the transfer or transfer portal actually debuted. Uh, October of 2018, I believe it was. And so since then, you know, Florida State's made a great progression in terms of getting players out of it, obviously. And I thought it would be an interesting discussion to debate who are the top five all-time picks out of the portal for Florida State? Yeah, obviously, there's a lot of big names coming in this year and the last year, but who has made the biggest impact? And so me and the old man here, we're going to go through, give our top five picks so far through the past five, you know, what, five years, who we think is the most impactful to this program so far. And we're not doing projections for the upcoming season, but who has made the biggest impact to the program for the five years? And obviously, they made a big impact in Norvell's era, to the Norvell era so far. But before we get into that, the old man said he had wanted to say something before we get into the meat of this content. So what do you want? What do you have to say? What's going on? Well, I'm, I'm picking up on, I think the last show uh, that, uh, that, that we put up and, and you were talking about, I wasn't on the show, obviously I wasn't scheduled to be on the show. Uh, that's another matter, but oh uh, <laughs> you talked about, you know, when in your younger days, you know, how, you used to look forward to summer vacations, whenever the hell that was, or whoever you were with. And and you look forward to those magazines that came out on the street, you know? And I think you couldn't find the name, but it was called Street and Smiths. The famous Street and Smiths. I don't even know if they put them out anymore, to be honest. I didn't research it. But look what I found. There you go. There A you Street go. and Smiths. 23rd year edition college football. And what does that say? 1963. There you go. 1963 edition. And that's Paul Martha from the University of Pittsburgh. Big star at Pittsburgh. And and that and that and, and it was 50 cents. 50 cents. <laughs> Unbelievable. Look at the thickness of this thing. There. You know, this is a classic. Only I would have this. this. The oldest living FSU fan, allegedly. Well, <laughs> it would have this. And I do want to just quote something from here. I think it's important. I think it's interesting. You know, I kind of bring that legacy thing. First of all, in 1963, Florida State was a major independent. Back then, there was a number of major independents, including Miami, including Miami. But look, do you see anything special on this? Look in that yellow box. Can you see it? Uh, uh, you schedule the schedule no look at the yellow box what does it say when will the sec integrate oh yeah yeah that was the news there were no black players no african-american players on any rosters on any rosters and so it's fascinating and there's one other just sentence i want to read out of the florida state section in here coach bill peterson was he was the groundbreaker for Florida State. He put Florida State on the map, okay? No question about it. Absolutely no question. He preceded Bobby Bowden and and and, uh, and some other coaches that didn't do so well. Now, here's what it says in here in the write-up. Bill Peterson Seminoles pushing for a berth in the Southeastern Conference made tremendous strides last season. Did you hear what I said? Pushing for a berth at that point, Florida State was trying to get into the Southeastern Conference. 
And that was how many years ago? You do the math. That was 63. We're in 23. Yep. Yep. That's how long ago Florida State. And now we're trying to get out of the ACC to get into the AC, to get in the SEC or the Big Ten or the Big 12 or whoever. And I think it's fascinating uh, to, to know this history. And the last point I want to bring up, and, and I'll quote from this later sometime, another edition, is the first, the very first African-American football player on this team. And I remember when he came to the team, and that was Calvin Peterson. Calvin Peterson came on a full scholarship in 1966, but he never played a down at Florida State. He was a running back. I said, man, this is going to be a really make this team be good. But he never carried the ball once in game action at the varsity level. Back in those days, even into the early 70s, many teams had freshman teams, JV teams, and they played a limited schedule of football games. So you could get guys on the field that could make varsity reps for you. But then that all changed as well. So that's a little bit of legacy I wanted to bring, but I thought it was very interesting and uh, and how some of those issues are still with us today. Yeah. Yep. Well, there you go. Uh, that's your history lesson for the day. And hope uh, hope that you enjoyed that. That's what the old man brings. And uh, that will continue to bring because, uh, like, like you said, I ain't not that old. Uh, but, yeah, let's get back to the topic at hand. So we're going to be talking about, like you said, the top five most impactful portal picks for FSU. And like we said, there's a, there's a good number of them. Uh, when you go back to think that this all started only, f- you know, five years ago, uh, 2018, right, uh, right in the start of the Willie Taggart era, and then has gone over uh, now to where we are with uh, Mike Norvell and his utilization of it. It's kind of interesting to look back at at who's come through the portal and who's worked out, who's not worked out. Um, but let, let, let's start here. We don't. You'll have to put them in order one to five. You don't want to. You can just name your five. We don't have to rank them in any particular order. But there, there's close to 100 players that have gone through the portal and come in and come out. Um, but it's really interesting to see the names that you have here. Um, and On3 has a really good site. If you're ever interested to go back through the days of who's come in, who's come out, they have a really good breakdown of who their stars were, stuff like that. Um, but it was just interesting to see the names. So let's start with you. Who is your number five or in your top five of most impactful portal transfers to Florida State since 2018? Okay, I'll, I'll start. I'll, you want me to start down low with the number five guy? If you if that's how we're going to do it, then yeah, yeah, we can do it. Let's start down low. Let's start down low, leading to number one. Uh, my number five guy is Jared Verse. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, Jared Verse, some people would say, oh, he's the number one guy. No, no, he's not the number one guy. Jared Verse basically came, we, is a great guy out of the portal. You know, Mike Norvell called king of the portal for a reason now. He, he and his staff are making very good selection. Jared Verse, one year out of Albany State, had had a, uh, you know, he's had an impact on this team, you know. And when you can get off the ball and rush the quarterback and hurry the quarterback, sack the quarterback, it's obviously a big deal. Uh, he had 22 solo tackles and nine sacks in the figures that I've come up with in one year. So thus – Is he the number one guy we ever got out of the portal? Absolutely not. He's had one year. He was injured a couple of games there, slowed him down some. So this year, 
Jared Verse has to have a big year for Florida State to win the ACC and to get to the next level. So Jared Verse is my number five pick. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think that's – I can disagree with you there, like you said. If Florida State – you know, like you said, he got banged up after game three, I think it was, or in game three, and, and this kind of production stack-wise kind of trailed off until you get to the garbage part of the schedule with Miami, Syracuse, Louisiana. Um, and then in Oklahoma, he had a sack and a half. Um, but in LS, the LSU game going against the freshman, the talented freshman on their line, um, he was pretty dominant, and, and he was a big reason why they won that game, obviously. So we need him to stay healthy, but you also need him to play at a very high level for this team to be successful this year. So I'm hoping we see that continued development of him. And I think that, that's a great pick um, for number five. Uh, for me at number five, I'm putting um, – this was tough. Um, I, I think there was a number of guys. I'm putting Jay Sean Corbin there. The reason I'm putting Jay Sean Corbin there is for a couple of reasons. This was a early pickup in the Mike Norvell – uh, in the Mike Norvell era of, of transport rules. He was his, I think this was part of his first class, honestly, um, during COVID 2020. Um, and you've got this kid out of Texas A&M. And, he, you know, the offense, as we know, he came in, remember this, jo, uh, Joshua Corbin came in with guys like Fabian Lovett uh, and Jerry and Jones and Do, uh, Devontae Love-Taylor. So, and, and this was a guy that, Mike Norvell took a chance on, right? He was coming off an injury at Texas A&M. A lot of potential there with this type of player, but you didn't know what you're going to get. Just like you got with Trey Benson, right? You took a chance on the guy. Um, Texas A&M kind of wasn't working out there, Um, but you're able to almost get a thousand yards out of him, seven touchdowns, 144 receiving yards. This guy goes on to, you know, play for the Giants. Um, And I think what it showed, it, it showed on the national scale is that you can come to Florida State as a transfer, and shine um, here. We can develop you more than maybe your current program can, right? And that's what I think he was he was able to sell, start selling, and, and show as a proof of concept with Jay Sean Corbin. And Corbin was able to be starting the start of the influx of talent, right? Of development of talent from the transfer portal. So that's why I have Jay Sean Corbin. Now, Jay Sean Corbin, he was part of the upswing, right? 2020, 2021 were tough seasons for Florida State, three to five wins. Um, but I think it was started the resurgence. Then you got Trey Benson after that, and, and it started to progress. So I had I have Jay Sean Corbin as my number five. Uh, yeah, and I think you make very sound arguments for that, and I have no disagreement with that at all. I, you know, I certainly considered uh Jay Sean. I thought he was a very productive player here at Florida State. He started to turn the tide. And I like your comment specifically about it started to show you could transfer into Florida State, make an impact, and get to the next level. Yeah. Because we can't forget that's that's some of the priorities. They want to make an impact, which helps the program, and they want to get to the next level. So I think Absolutely. I think you I think that's a good choice. Absolutely. All right. What is your number four? Uh my number four pick, which May or may not surprise a few people, but I think he's had a, a very positive impact on this program over the last two years, mm-hmm. over the last two seasons. And that is my number four pick is Jamie Robinson, the safety out of South Carolina. Yep. OK, he's performed two seasons here, 21 and 22 seasons. Uh, he's done. You know, he, he, he's been a, he's been very durable. He was a guy that needed to be durable. He was durable. He had 12 games, started, I believe, tw- all 12 games in 21. He, he, he started 13 games, played in 13 games in 22. And 
you know, his stats are very solid and very consistent from year to year. I don't think I need to go through all the stats, but he had four interceptions in 2021. He had one interception uh, last year, but that's because they're not throwing at his direction as much. They felt they needed to stay away from the probably the strongest guy in the defensive secondary. But both seasons, he was uh, solo tackles. He was in the 40-plus mark. He was in 40, 50-plus on assists. He comes up and hits people. I think he solidified in 2022 the defense, which was our kind of our weak spot. And we're probably looking at how much we're going to miss him this coming season. And so he's my number four pick, Jamie Robinson, the portal transfer out of South Carolina. Yeah, uh, he was actually my my, uh, my number four as well. Uh, just many for the many of the reasons you said. Uh, you know, with Willie Taggart to the transition to Mike Norvell, uh, this defense, and I could say still is, is missing a lot of defensive true playmakers, guys like the Derwin Jameses, the Jalen Ramseys. We we haven't had many guys since the national championship team that can really command that backfield uh, like those guys really could. Um, true playmaker talents run all over the field. And Jamie Robinson felt close to a guy like that, right? Um, and he got drafted like that too, uh, to be that type of player. He slid a little bit, um, but he was the closest thing I felt to a guy like that that could make an impact on the field. Like you said, guys didn't want to throw to his side. He, he would come up and run defense, right? Uh, we saw how many tackles did he finish behind the backfield. Um, uh, you saw in the Miami game and ragdolling guys. Um, almost 100 total tackles last season, uh, five for loss. So uh, this is a guy that you had to respect in the passing game, but also did come up and run blitz um, and, and, and really handle guys at the line of scrimmage. So um, Jamie Robinson for me, and it's another, he was another guy that you could show SEC talent. Hey, you come here, we'll develop you and we'll showcase your talent and get you to the next level. Once again, just like Jay Sean Corbin. Um, so for me, and, and I think it played into your being able to uh, to recruit a guy like Fentrell Cypress from UVA to say, hey, defensive back who just shined at UVA, come play at Florida State. Come play at the higher echelon of the ACC with us, and we'll get you to the next level. So uh, that's why I think he is one of the top impact guys and number four for me as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I have to agree with you, KB, on that. Uh, <coughs> that I think I think he came at, you know, when you look at his numbers at uh, South Carolina, he actually was playing there. I mean, yeah. he was he was getting on the field. I mean, yeah. there was some solid performance there. And he just decided uh, for whatever reason, I want to come to Florida State and be the guy. Maybe maybe he wasn't the guy there, but he was the guy here. And that paid off for him. And, it, and, and as you say, it started to open that door when when uh, with other players. Trans, uh, not transferring in, but getting into the portal and us being able to go out and try to market their skills. So I told, I, I will agree with you uh, there as well. All right. Uh, do you want me to go with number three? Yeah, go ahead. So I bounced around here um, because I think, I think as a fan base and the media and the media, we forget about the early guys in this program who kind of set the stage for the portal success we're having now. So I bounced around a couple of guys and it, it's, I, I think uh, we're more, a lot of people lean more towards the more recent guys um, at this. And, and so I bounced around, like, is it Keir Thomas? Is it Jermaine? Um, a, a guy that was in my mind, I think should be on this list, but maybe isn't going to be on the list list is, I, I actually, he's going to be, he probably could be number four, number five. I, I'm, 
I'm going to put him at number three, I think, um, is uh, DLT. And this, you're probably going to disagree with this, but Devontae Love Taylor was one of those guys that I think he was part of the movement of solidifying that offensive line through the portal. And DLT was not a all-star by any stretch of the mind, right? But he came in and started to become one of those bricks to start bringing this line from god-awful last in the NCAA to below average to average to maybe above average to good now, right? I mean, he came in from FIU as the top player on their line, came in 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 the 2020 class. Like I said, he came with Joshua Corbin, Fabian Lovett, a lot of mileage on his body, right? Um, And he came in and was very serviceable on that line, right? But he was playing with some uh, on a very, very bad line, I think we can all say, right? And he gave you a lot of serviceable time. And I think he gave you two years um, of service within this line, which allowed you to then say, oh, this guy, look at what he was able to do in this offense and showcase his talent and the way they utilized him. And I believe that actually allowed you to open the doors to guys like now that you see are transferring in uh, to Florida State now with uh, with what Coach Atkins is doing. After that, look look at the guys that you got to transfer in after that. Uh, you got um, uh, the, the guys from UTEP this year. You got Dylan Gibbons the year after, right? You got a guy like Dylan Gibbons to, to buy in and come in and be a stalwart on that line, right? Uh, and then you got, you got the guy from, like I said, UTEP this year. Um, you got a bunch of guys in 2022. So I think DLT, while not an all-star caliber player, brought you a little bit of consistency while I was here and it started to open the door of what we could bring in the future. And, and that's why I put him as number three, probably could be number four, number five, but I think he's starting to move in. Yeah. I, you know, I think you make some very good uh, points uh, on, on, on him. Uh, I just, I don't have him in my top five. I don't have any offensive linemen in my top five. I think we're still working that out, but I, I agree with your argument uh, that it started to open the eyes of other offensive linemen, players around the country, that uh, if they're not getting the reps, and a lot of them aren't, because a lot of times they're three deep in those in those, in those those rooms, uh, that I can get out and I can still believe I can play at this level because they have to make a determination when they go into the portal. You know, and sometimes the determination is made for them. If they go in there and they sit and nobody takes them at the – power five level, uh, D one power five, then they have to decide I've got to go down a notch because yeah. if I want to play ball and I, I want to get to the next level, I got to get on the field. But, you know, I think uh, Devante made a great contribution to the rebuilding of this offensive line, as you say, but I don't have him in my top five. I, I, I get that. But to think this guy was all ACC all mentioned in 2021, when we weren't getting any guys, any guys close to that, right? And that, like I said, that I think he was just a building block to say, "Hey, you can, you can come here, and you can, you, you can be the first step into rebuilding this line through the portal." So that, yeah, I, but I understand. I understand. Well, I think you're, yeah, I think you've given him a lot of bonus points for that. Obviously, we give a lot of bonus points to more recent player and performance, as well as stars. You know, the people that get to the ball type of thing. So the offensive defensive line guys really have to stand out in my opinion, to make top five. 
That doesn't mean that you can't make top 10 or top 15 because as these years and these seasons go by, the portal, the amount of players in the portal for FSU is going to increase and our choices will get harder. They're actually fairly, for me, they're fairly easy. It wasn't, uh, you know, a real brain buster on some of these. So at number three, we're working number three here. Mm-hmm. I put in um, Johnny Wilson. You know, okay. I put Johnny Wilson at number three, a kid that was out of Arizona State, did nothing, couldn't get on the field at Arizona State, had two or three receptions at Arizona State, uh, and then comes into Florida, comes into Florida State, uh, it gets the, the proper coaching that he needs, gets the development that he needs, and in 2022, he's in 13 ball games, started all 13 ball games, I believe. Had 43 catches for 897 yards, if my numbers are right, and five touchdowns. And most importantly, big play guy could get down the field. He's a tall kid, what, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, something like that. Six, six, seven, yeah. You know, he he challenges these defensive backs that are usually 5'10", 5'11", 6'1", 6'2", something like that. And he had 20, almost 20 yards uh, uh, per catch you know, yeah. down the field. So, yeah. you know, this guy, because he was such a threat, I think he made last year the 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 year it was for Florida State. And I think without Johnny Wilson, then we have more of a problem. Yes, his hands can be, uh, at, at times he struggled with that, but not as much as I thought. He came up with the big catches when we needed them from Jordan Travis and boom, he's my guy at number three. Yeah, I, I think he brought a new dimension to this offense that we haven't seen in a while. Um, you know, you had the experiment with Andrew Parchment, who was, you know, obviously another transfer came in, and that didn't pan out. Um, really, I mean, he beat Miami, which was all you really wanted from him, but uh, didn't turn out the way necessarily you may have thought. And you got Johnny Wilson, who, like you said, is on the cusp of a thousand yard season and won you a couple of those games with his playmaking ability. And I think he still has a lot more to grow. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I don't think I can disagree with that. The only reason I would disagree is that I potentially didn't put him in my list is that I still think there's time um, for him to, to, I, I just, I think it's still too early to, to gauge his impacts. Um, but I, I do can't. think that he has opened the door the eyes to of the recruiting world of wide receiver development. I think Ron Dugans was on uh, a very tight leash with the fan base, at least of like, what is going on with our receiving core? And I think Johnny Wilson may have helped redeem him. And I think he may have helped you get guys like Keon Coleman, who from the transfer port, he, and I think he may have helped you get Winston Wright. I think he may have helped, you know, I and I think he may have helped you with the rivalry recruiting on the high school level now. So I think Johnny Wilson did maybe, to your point, start a lot a chain reaction in a number of different ways. So I think that in, maybe I'm not taking into consideration that type of impact. Um, but I think for me, it may have been too early to put him on this list, but his but, impact has been felt. But you don't even have him in your top five. That's why I, I will question you about putting uh, Devontae Love Taylor at three and not putting Wilson. I think, I think, I think, and, and we'll season. listen to the fans. We'll listen to the fans' comments, and I hope they leave their comments that uh, that we could get by without Love Taylor during those days, but we couldn't get by with Johnny. Well, we could. We'd probably go to a bowl game, but we probably wouldn't have won a couple of games without him. Yeah. I guess so, I, 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 he's a game changer. Devonte Love is not. 
Yeah, I, I, at that, yeah, at different points of time, uh, that's I, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Um, so number two on my list, um, I don't think. Well, I don't think this should be a debate. Um, for me, is the guy you see on the screen here, Jermaine Johnson. Uh, for me, he was one of those guys once again that opened the eyes to why you're successful in the portal today. He his development at Florida State in very limited time is why Florida State's able to do what it does because he's been the case study of come to Florida State, develop, and get to the next level. He's been the best. I mean, I think he's been their top draft player so far in the Mike Norvell era mm-hmm. um, and going to the Jets. And, and he's doing pretty well at the next level, too. He's still, you know, it's still young in his career there, but he's still um, he's had some decent games at the next level. But for and, and he's a big and the big thing with him, too, is that he's a big Florida State guy. Like all he does is come back to the school, promote it online like he's all in on Florida State. And when he was there, he was dominant. Right. He Jared Verse is not dominant at the way. I, I don't think it, Jermaine Johnson was while at Florida State. Like you felt Jermaine Johnson at a whole different level that Jared Verse is not at yet. And that's where we need Jared Verse to be. Um, so I think the impact that Jermaine Johnson had in sh- such a short amount of time, both on and off the field, and is still being felt today. And that's why you got a guy like Jared Verse, right? That's why you got, you know, uh, you know, players of that caliber and why players of that caliber are looking at you, uh, Braden Fisk. Stuff like that. Well, that's why defensive linemen of all types are looking to come into this defense and want to play with Odell Haggins uh, and crew. So I think his impact still being felt, and it was the perfect case study of why Florida State can be successful in the portal on the defensive end of the ball. So uh, that's why he's my number two. Yeah, I think you make some uh, very, very solid uh, points here, especially about him kind of opening the floodgates of coming here and being successful you know, being successful in only one season. Okay. And let's remember, he only performed here for one season. And the other thing we want to make sure fans understand when you're viewing this is we're talking about people who have performed out of the portal, not just got here out of the portal, not potential, but actually have performed on, on, on the field. Okay. And I didn't even consider guys that came here uh, that, were injured and did never play here. Okay. That came out of the portal and and we've had a couple of those. Okay. So uh, they they weren't even considered. I didn't think that was fair to them to say that, you know, so, and so on. So uh, my number two guy, we're on number two, right? Yeah. Yeah, My number two guy is not Jermaine Johnson. Okay. May surprise some people. I'm going to put Troy Benson in there. Okay. Now, Troy Benson. Trey, Trey. Trey, I'm sorry. Trey Benson. Trey Benson, I think, is an impact maker. Now, I'm talking about performance. Okay. And the performance that Trey Benson has put up in 2022, last season, he's had, you know, one, one, se- uh, one season. Okay. Here at Florida State, I'm not talking about anywhere else at Oregon or wherever he was. But he had 990 yards. He almost had 1,000 yards rushing in a backfield where at times we even questioned, why isn't he getting the ball more? Why isn't he getting more carries? And if he would have had those carries, clearly he would have been well over 1,000 yards. But he was doing some rotation there, okay? And uh, this he had uh, 990 yards. He was averaging over six yards a, a, a carry. That's a lot. Okay, that gets the attention of the next level. He had nine touchdowns. 
He also caught the ball 13 times, which the NFL loves that. This yeah. guy can go out, carry, and get a little bit of a swing pass, and he had 144 yards on that. So, and, and you know, he even contributed. Uh, some people won't remember he even contributed on kickoffs. Okay. Yeah. He had a touchdown. Yeah. He had a college game. The Boston. Yeah. A 93 yard, yard touchdown run. He had five returns for 192 yards. That's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Okay. So for my guy at number two, I put Trey Benson in there just because of the major impact that he had this past season. And hopefully we'll have that and more this coming season. Yeah. I, I would agree that. I, I love Trey Benson, um, and I, I always say it, and I say last year you you didn't utilize him enough. I mean, just look at the stats on the screen. You had four games in which he had less than 10 carries, and three of those games you lost. I wonder why. Um, hopefully that gets corrected this year. Um, I, I think he's a great player. Once again, I, I it's too early for me to know the long like the long-term impact of him. I think in one season he was very impactful. But some of that was Trayshawn Ward. Some of that was Joe Philly. Some of that was Johnny Wilson. Some of that was Jordan Travis. Some of that was the offensive line. Like, there's a lot of in, a lot of intangibles to that. He was one part of that, absolutely. In that, but one you season. don't have him in the top five. Not in my current top five wow. today. Um, that doesn't mean he's not impactful. But he's just not in my top five long term. Because I'm looking at the bigger picture. I'm not just looking last season's impact. Right? We're looking at all most impactful from the portal since 2018. And that's what I'm looking at. I'm not just looking at one-time impact. I, I'm looking at a bigger picture here. So well, not saying he's not impactful. I'm just – I want to see a you don't think he's more impactful than Devontae Love-Taylor that you had at three? I think he set the stage for a longer pipeline of offensive linemen. He, he set – he set okay. – he showed that we can import basically offensive linemen and rebuild a line that way, which they have. Okay. So that that's why I put that as an impact. And, and and we'll let the fans we'll, we'll let the fans put down their top five or what they disagree with. You'll have the comments section that people can put that in there. We love to see that. Yep. Okay. So then my number one, I I don't think this is going to be much of a. I, I I bet we probably have the same number one, but my number one is going to be uh, Jordan Travis. Uh, you know, this is. This is probably the most interesting. Uh, I mean, he was part of the original original class that uh, Florida State brought in, right? He came in in Willie Taggart's transfer portal class of 2020 or 2019, right before Willie got fired that same season. And you know, Willie Willie wanted him, but then didn't use him before. <laughs> then he got fired. So interesting. Jordan Travis comes in with White Rector. Uh, that same class, which uh, also Jordan Wilson from UCLA, um, and then doesn't get used. And then finally, Mike Marvell decides he's going to use use the guy. And Florida State is not a 10-win-plus team without Jordan Travis. Florida State isn't a 7-8-win you know, team without Jordan Travis um, just because of how bad high school pipeline recruiting was messed up. And even, and even the McKenzie-Milton experiment – that wasn't going to work out either. Like, you know, remember that little experiment they tested. He was not ready to play again after that injury. So without, without that guy on this roster, without Jordan Travis on this roster, this program isn't even close to being back. Uh, the impact that that guy's had on this program is immeasurable. 
um, to getting back to relevancy, to getting the guy. Once again, him elevating this program to the next level has allowed you to get the types of players that you want out of the portal, right? Uh, elevate your high school recruit because guys want to play with him out of high school and out of the portal, right? Um, he's also makes your running backs better, your wide receivers better. So he impacts guys like Johnny Wilson and makes them better, um, makes your running backs better. Like he's bailed out the offensive line multiple times, even though they've gotten better. So this guy has impacted so many parts of this program. It's immeasurable. Um, and the time and work he's put in to develop himself as a player is, uh, is countless. So yeah, he's my number one by a mile, in my opinion. Yeah, I, 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 there's no arguments there. I don't need to repeat everything you went through. I have to agree with you that Jordan Travis has had the most impact, the most impact, and, and he's a quarterback. He's gonna, you're either gonna have impact one way or the other. It's gonna be, it's gonna be positive or negative. The mediocre quarterbacks don't don't stay even in this league much anymore, much less the NFL. And I think. What I want to say is I think he got the coaching, he got the development, he got the he got in he had the right head coach Mike Norvell who could communicate with him and then Jordan turned it on really has has developed himself in terms of full focus and I'm fully in command. He is the total leader now. You see him going to the sideline talking to people, talking to the offensive line. Even when we're down, he's he's urging he's urging them on, okay? And he's not afraid to tell a guy, you went the wrong way. You went the wrong route. You know, you see the greatest do that. You see Tom Brady do that. Tom Brady's going to call people out, okay? Because he wants to hold people accountable. And I think that's when this team started to change is when Coach Norvell and staff started to hold people accountable and then you had your leaders. You had your leaders. You had the Jordan Travis calling people out, holding them accountable. And part B of my number one is Jermaine Johnson. Okay. okay well, he, he's a kind of a subset, a little subset to this. But Jermaine Johnson is also the one and a half for me. Okay. That because he had one season, but it was so impactful for the reasons we said that he was the guy that started to say Florida State is the place to go and develop for one to two seasons, one to two seasons, and then you're on to the next level. So I think I think we're in kind of full agreement on a lot of these guys, but we may have them ranked a little bit differently. But without a doubt, the most impactful guy has been Jordan Travis, without yeah. any doubt. Yeah, and I think I – yeah. So I think, like you said, we, we have a good top five there. Some honorable mentions on my list that, like I said, just didn't make it in. Um, a couple for me were Keir Thomas. Uh, I think he had a, a pretty good impact. Another guy from the SEC who came in was a good case study, who came from South Carolina, developed, had a big impact on, on the defensive line, came in with Jermaine Thomas, and those two kind of playing together showed what you can do, kind of brought back the old mentality of the uh, Florida State defensive line. And then that led to a pipeline of additional transfers coming in, like the Jared versus uh, the rated fists uh, and players like of that caliber uh, wanting to play in this program again. Uh, another guy is Dylan Gibbons. Once again, following the footsteps of a guy like DLT, another uh, uh, kind of a graduate type player who's kind of backing up on the great 
on a really good Notre Dame offensive line. He comes in, he, you know, he's around for multiple years, kind of becomes like that captain, just like, you know, DLT was a captain on this, on this team. DLT, uh, Givens comes in, kind of takes over that role on the offensive line again. Um, and, and once again, not a all-star caliber player, but a solid contributor on that line. And that's what you needed on that offensive line. It's just solid players who just can can hold it together and be competent, you know, until you get that above average talent back on the line and get, get consistency on that line again. And so I think Dylan Givens was that type of player that you needed. And that's why I think DLT brought that type of uh, mentality and open that pipeline for you or help bring it to you. Um, the last one for me um, that I want to mention, I think uh, there was one more that uh, one more that I thought was relevant in bringing up. Um, eh, maybe not. Um, well, I didn't bring Trey Benson. If we're going to go, like I said, I don't like to judge things on one year impacts, uh, but I think the addition of Trey Benson to your point, he's had, a Jordan Travis type impact on the team and on the season in terms of elevating, you know, kind of almost taking over games when he has the opportunity to. Um, so I think him as a player, and I'd like to see, I hopefully it continues this year, but I think honorable mention wise, Trey Benson is that type of player that can take over a game uh, when the circumstances are right and when he gets the opportunity. So he would be on my honorable mention list along with those uh, three other players. But there's a lot of players that have come through that, have had impacts and this isn't text to anybody, but you know, obviously we're trying to name the top five. Anyone yeah, else you, that you want to honorable? Yeah. When mention? you do it, when you're doing top five, it's very difficult for an offensive lineman to jump into that top five. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, they, first of all, we're not turning out NFL caliber offensive linemen right now that yeah. we're just, we're just not there, but coach Atkins and that offensive line room have done huge upgrades in, in keeping Jordan Travis on his feet to throw the ball or run or whatever and, and opening up holes, the run game, the rush game, which helps everybody. Okay. So uh, the, I think your honorable mentions of a couple of offensive linemen is, is, is noteworthy and, and well worth that. I have one guy, I have one guy for honorable mentions. Please don't see Mikey Russo. Don't say his name. I know no, you love I didn't say that. Him. Why are you, why is you, you seem to bring him up every why are you other show. My business? Okay. No, it's, it's not, it, it, it's Andrew Parchment. Okay, Andrew Parchman for the fourth, what was it, fourth and 14 fourth and catch 14, from yeah. Jordan? Hey, if you're on a T-shirt, you know, fourth and 14, you get your own T-shirt. That's impactful. You got to get an honorable mention for that. So Andrew Parchman from Kansas came over to Florida State, didn't have the impact we thought he might, didn't have the big year, but Florida State was still kind of kicking around in the dust. But he gets it. He gets it from beating Miami. If yeah. you have the big play that, or the help of the big play that beats Miami or Florida, you're going to get a close look at an honorable mention here from the old man. Yeah, I, I think, like you said, wasn't now, the uh, big 800-plus yard receiver that Johnny Wilson is, but he made the play that beats your rivals, so he'll always be remembered for that. Okay, last category. Your top two okay. bust. Bust. What you would consider a bust, we don't have to define it, or disappointment. Top two out of the portal so far, out of the portal, transfer portal, that have been disappointing. Top well, two. I wasn't uh, – Or bottom two, whatever I, 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 I would say – I would say, you know, and, and people may disagree with this, um, but I would say probably, probably Mackenzie Milton. I and agree. I he's That's coming on off. my list. He's one of my yeah. two. I know he was coming off the injury, but you know, you you know, he was yeah, a year it, off coming back. 
the plan, you know, you, you thought you were getting something. And, and this is the really ch- Mike Norvell's only attempt at getting a quarterback out of the portal. His his only opportunity, you know, obviously, yeah. Travis was under Willie. Um, Which and, we'll and this see about attempt. next season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, that and it was interesting because, like you said, next year we may have to go, you know, in you may go portal. Yeah, the 24 uh, season. Yeah. Uh, after, you know, it, depending on how Duffy and Tate and uh, uh, Brock uh, develop. But this was not a good evaluation by Mike Norvell um, in terms of uh, Malik. Uh, it was uh, a McKenzie, high risk. McKenzie Melvin was not ready to play. He, he was yeah. not back. And right. his numbers showed it. He was god awful when he was on the field. He was yeah. not. I, I I totally agree with you. He he's in my list of two. But you know, in some ways, I feel bad putting him on the list because I. It's almost like because we don't know what Mike Norvell was thinking that this was a bold experiment to give a kid who worked his ass off. Uh, yeah, no way. That's no not, way. But who worked? Florida State's not I, charity. I, listen, it's listen, not charity. Like, listen, I, listen. He's on my list as a bust. But I'm saying to myself, I did think that may it wasn't a charity case that Mike Norvell or somebody who evaluated him, the quarterbacks coach and, and Mike Norvell, said, we think this kid can still play even as a backup. And uh, it just didn't work. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. It so my number two guy, my number two guy is is and uh, is Deuce Span. Deuce Span has not, I, I think Deuce Span is not going to see the field a lot this season. And I think he will go to the portal with his final year or years of remaining uh, playing experience. He, he, I don't know what the deal is with him. I mean, he can't get on the field. He can't return kicks. He's got all this speed, but obviously he's, I guess he can't run routes good or he can't catch the ball well enough. Why do you think he can't get on the field? But he's my number two boss. Well, he wasn't supposed. He was supposed to be a developmental project. They, they okay. Well, we're not a, a charity case. You just said we're not a saying, charity case. Okay. Well, once again, I was the one questioning Mike Norvell's evaluation of Mackenzie Mill. And you're the one that was standing up for him. So I don't know why. No, I, I wasn't standing up. I, I didn't know what Mike's thinking was, and maybe his thinking was the same with Deuce Span. That this guy's a former quarterback. He was th- then transferred to wide receiver, which is not unusual. But he could come in here with his speed and make some plays. But yeah, I, I'm I don't. Not gonna, I'm not going to sign him off yet because once again, it was his first year in the program last year. I didn't expect much out of him. Okay, well, all. you're not getting much out of him. He's been here two seasons. He's been yeah. here two seasons. He's, we're getting not much anything out of him. I think he hits the portal after the 23 season. Who's your number two guy then? Ah. <sighs> uh, I mean, it's it's tough. Um, well, it's all right. Uh, I, I I would probably go with mm, that. It's a tough one. I, I I like lean Andrew Parchment because I think I expected more out of him in the offense, and he only probably looked like three hundred yards. Yeah. But then he had the Miami catch. Um, I, I may I may go. I may go that way. I may go with uh, I may go with Andrew Parchin just based on his production. Um, he just didn't he didn't ever look the part in the Florida State offense. He just never clicked. He can the wear team. the shirt honorable mention and disappointing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think, like I said, it's it's no, no disrespect, ill will. Andrew. Yeah, it's no ill will. He 
he made the yeah. play. So that's all I care he about. Sure but did. He uh I it just never production wise outside of that game, mm-hmm. it just never seemed to put it together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, I think that was just a swing and the miss in terms of bringing it to the next level or it all coming together. And I know it was tough. It's one year. Sometimes it doesn't work out. But, and um, you know what? Yeah. We have to say to a lot of these players, too, when we bring them into these categories, it's so subjective that a lot of times it's timing. What what kind of team are you on? How good is the team? You know what I mean? Uh, it, it, it can make you – a good team can make you look good. Bad team can make you, as a good player, look bad. I mean, yeah. it's just – I think the tough part with him is what he was a multi-school transfer. Yeah. He had come off. He had one big year with 831 yards. His next year was low. And, you know, it, it, this is – so you didn't know what you were going to get with him. You you had this combined production for 1,000 yards, and, you know, he lays 300 yards at Florida State. So it, it's tough, right? So, uh, you know, I, I would say a bust in that in that regard. But once again, made the big play. Um, one more honorable mention before we go is someone I, I think gave all he had, and you didn't know what you were going to get out of him, but I think he worked his butt off and made some great special teams plays and scored a couple of touchdowns last year. It was White Rector. I think coming with the class uh, at Florida State with Jordan Travis in that first inaugural class with uh, uh, with Jordan Travis. And well, actually, I got to give Willie Taggart credit then. Um, so Willie Taggart was bringing in these guys for to be quarterbacks or, or athletes to be quarterbacks, at what he thought could play the position and never used them. Um, but he got Willie, he got Wyatt Rector and he got Jordan Travis, didn't use them and then got fired and. And then Mike Norvell kept the hold, held on to him. And uh, I think White Rector, you know, once again, wasn't a superstar, but on special teams he was. And then they found a way to use him a lot more last year. Um, what did he throw a pass last year? He caught a ball last year for a touchdown. Um, I, I think that, you know, you need players like that that do the intangible stuff. They, they do those things on special teams that stand out. They can be used in these other formations uh, and these uh, like complex other formations. So I think he's an honorable mention for me. Once again, didn't light up the box or you're not going to see a bunch of things, but he has tackles, he has touchdowns. You know, you need guys of that caliber on your team that do the dirty work. He had a great, he had a great reputation and uh, he, he was a, a good character guy and a good team guy and did what he was asked to do. So, yeah. Yeah, so uh, so kudos to him. That, that's uh, my last all I'll mention there. So um, anything else? Or are we going to wrap that's it up? It. That's all it right. from me. Well, let us know in the comments below. Who, do you agree with our list? Do you anyone else you think should have been mentioned in them? Do you think there should have been more recent more recent transfer bias on this list? Guys who just came in last year. Do you think there should have been more offensive linemen? Guys like Tane Bethune. Do you think those guys should have been on the list? Uh, but let us know in the comments what you guys think. Disagree, agree. Uh, Let us know below, and we'll see you all soon. Take care and have a great rest of your day.